Okay, let's begin our discussion of this year's Parshas Vayeshev, Tavshin Ayin Beis, as we get into a little bit about Hanukkah tonight, or related to the Parsha, uh, but Bez Hashem next week also. Next week will be a regular time, Bez Hashem, uh, the second night of Hanukkah. Next week uh, will be a regular time, hopefully we'll have a Hanukkah during this year, that'll be uh, different, but it'll also be focused on the Parsha with a couple of ideas related to the Chag of Hanukkah. Okay, let's start off with something um, something small, not in the order as we usually go, and then we'll come back to uh, the beginning. I just wanted to start off with a small thought from, it's put in the Mayana Shal Torah in the name of a number of the Achronim. Uh, if we remember in Parak Lamed Zion, Pasuk Chaf through Chaf and Chaf we pick up in the middle of the story. Yosef Atzadik is coming to the field, his brothers are there, and they see him from afar, one man says to his brother, This dreamer is coming. The one who told us his dreams. Let's kill him. Throw him into one of the pits. And we'll say a wild animal ate him. And we will see what will happen to his dreams? Those last four words are focused on by Chazal. What, what, what is, who's talking there? The brothers say to each other, let's kill him and throw him into one of the pits and we'll say a wild animal ate him and let's see about his dreams. So on the surface, one might say it's being sarcastic. We find sarcasm in Tanakh sometimes. not so common in the Torah to have sarcasm. But there is sarcasm in, in the Navi. One of the more well-known uh, sarcastic comments is Shmuel HaNavi when he comes to Shoal and Shoal says he, destro- he uh, wiped out a Amalek. So says Shmuel HaNavi, is that animals that I hear? Is that animals? I'm not sure if that's, uh, what sounds that up. So it's sarcasm. And there are other examples as well. So one might say that Chazal did not assume that way though. Chazal said... If you look in Rashi, Amr Rabbi Yitzchak, Mikrazeh Omer Darsheni, Ruach HaKodesh Omer Eskain. Rabbi Yitzchak says that really there's like a baskol, there's Ruach HaKodesh going out. Haim Omrim Nahargeyu. They say, let's kill him. V'hakasuv misayim v'nireh mayu chalomosav. The brothers say, let's kill him, as if a heavenly voice goes out. Yeah, you try it. Let's see whose word wins. My dreams, my nevuah, my prophecy, or your, or your ritzonos. You can't say v'nira mayu chalamosav is meant by the brothers, because Rashi continues, What do you mean? The, the dreams aren't going to be fulfilled if they kill him. So one might say it's sarcasm, like I said, but Chazal did not understand it that way. If you look in the number of the Achronim, say maybe this is connected to the following Pasuk. Because if you just read the Pasuk, somewhat unusual. The Pasuk says, the brothers say, let's kill him. Well, let's see what happens to his dreams. Vayishma Ruvain, Vayatzi What did Ruvain hear? Vayishma Ruvain. He was talking. He was in the conversation. All of a sudden it says, Vayishma Ruvain. Ruvain heard something. Vayatzi And therefore he saves Yosef. What did he hear? So explains the Paradis Yosef. Explains the Panami office. Maybe that's the, the Ruach HaKodesh element should be understood. That's what Ruvain heard. Source number one. They were talking. 
But all of a sudden, Reuven hears, V'nira mayu chalamosav, Ki imhu shomea zos, V'shar achem enim shomem zos. He recognizes it. He recognizes this voice of God that's going out and the other brothers didn't. Siman huzeh, Sh'advarim mechuvanim elav. Reuven says, it must be that I'm supposed to act. It must be, it must be that I'm supposed to stand up and do something. And therefore, Reuven hears, V'yatzileo miyadam. What does this remind us of? A thought that we mentioned a number of times in the past, Ilfen Rabbi Yochanan. The Gemara in Masechah's Tainis were Ilfen Rabbi Yochanan. It was just Yochanan then, went away from the yeshiva, and they take a little uh, nap next to a river, and all of a sudden Rabbi Yochanan says to Ilfen, did you hear that? Ilfen's like, what are you talking about? I didn't hear anything. Did you hear that? And Yochanan realizes that Ilfa didn't hear the Malachim talking about one of these people down below going back to be the Rosh Yeshiva. And Rabbi Yochanan says, it must be me that they're talking about. And he goes back and he hears the word of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. As we mentioned in the past about uh, in Parshas Noach, Parshas Lech Lecha, that was the message of Avram Avinu, that he heard the voice of Hashem Lech Lecha. But says, the Mayana Shal Torah here, maybe that's what Ruvain did as well. Ruvain, like Rabbi Yochanan, he heard, he heard the Ruach HaKodesh. He heard, and therefore, by Yatsileu Miyadam, and as we like to mention, we all have to try to hear that voice of Ruach HaKodesh, that voice of Kal Hashem, telling us which direction and what to do in life. Okay. Now let's go back towards the beginning of the Parsha. First thought and the last thought that we're going to have tonight has to do with the Parsha and has to do with Hanukkah. So we'll start off with a Meshachachma. Perak Lamed Zayin, Pasach The Meshachachma is commenting on one of the more well-known Rashis in the Parsha. The Pasach tells us, Vayikachuhu, the brothers took him, Vayashlichu Osohabora, they threw him into the pit, Vahaborek, Einbomayim. The bar, the pit was empty, it had no water in it. Obvious question, the Gemara asked him a Sefer Shabbos, Rashi quotes it, Obviously, if it's empty, there's no water in it. What's the emphasis of the Pasuk? It was empty from water. It has no water, but it has it had snakes and scorpions in it. Okay, famous Chazal from Masech Shabbos. Let's read the words of the Meshachachma. This is a take-home Meshachachma. It says the Meshachachma in source number two. There's a halacha. If somebody passes by a place where a nace occurred to them, they have to make a bracha. Baruch Hashem that he did a nace for me in this place. Hapirish kedivrei Abu Draham. Says the Meshachachma, I think the Abu Draham is correct. Rabbi David Abu Draham, one of the Rishonim. The Abu Dram says, this bracha is only said, dafka sheyatsa miderech hateva. Only on a nace that occurs out of the natural realm. Not a nace. We all know there are hidden miracles in life. Waking up in the morning. Kodesh Baruch giving us breath. There are many hidden miracles. But, says the Abu Draham, the bracha of Sha'asali nace is only said on a nace that is yoti miderech hateva. And therefore, says the Meshachachma now, Vahadimavarech al Ne'er Chanukah, we say a bracha on the nace of Chanukah, Sha'asa Nisim Lavoseinu. Why do we say that? We know there were two Nisim that occurred on the holiday of Chanukah that we commemorate. So why do we say the bracha? Mishem Shenas and Nis, Bepacha Shemen, Shezeneger Ateva. 
We dafka make the bracha of Shas when we light the candles because that was the nace that was Shalokan Agarateva, the oil burned longer. The nace of Rabbit Miyamiyat, which we have that was a nace, but that was garbed in nature. That was, you look at it, right? The people might think, oh, no, just, it was great soldiers, great soldiers. They all, they were very, uh, they took, take on a much greater army. So that's not an, even though we know it's a nace, that's not a nace that's Machayev, a bracha of Sha'asa Linase or Sha'asa Nisim Lavoseinu. That is why the bracha is said by the candles. Even though we know, says the Meshachachma, that the major miracle was the war. Unbelievable, you have a couple of Jews hiding out in caves near Modi'in, and they're going to fight the great, powerful Greek army? It's unheard of. I'm trying to think of that. I can't fathom it. And they were able to, to conquer them and defeat them, and they had, a, they had 200 years until Chorban Abayase afterwards. And to remember that they had the victory and they got the base of English back, we would have to light candles. But if it was just to remember the miracle of the war, it would be just to light the candles as a symbol that they got the base of English back. But for the oil, that requires a bracha. Because that's Shalok and Teva, and that's to be recognizable, Toch Esrim Amma. Continues, which is that is part one. Chanukah, two miracles, obviously one nace, one teva. The bracha is specifically on the miraculous one, like the Abu Dram says, of Sha'asali Nase Pamakomazeh. Now let's get to Yosef. Vihine Yosef. Let's go to the right for a second. Source number three, and then we'll come back to the Meshachachma. There's a Medrash Tanchuma. All the way at the end of Parshas Vayechi, at the end of Sefer Bracious. It's an amazing Medrash. The Medrash discusses the brothers after they go bury their father. They bury Yaakov Avinu in Eretz Canaan in Maras Machpelah. They're on their way back. And the Medrash says they pass the boar that Yosef had been in. Says the Medrash. Right after, let's take a step back for a minute. Right after they come back to Mitzrayim, after burying, that's when the Psukim described that the brothers say, maybe Yosef is going to take revenge upon us. Maybe, now that our father's not here, so they make up a whole story, a lie. Yosef, you know what? Dad said that, you know, you really shouldn't take revenge upon us. And Yosef says, what do you think? Why Dafka did they say that then? Only because Yaakov wasn't there anymore? It's deeper than that, says the Medrash. Vayiruach Yosef, source number three. What, what did they see now that they were scared? On their way back from Eretz Canaan, Ra'u Shahalach Yosef, Levarech. They see Yosef stick his head into the pit, into that bar. And the brothers are there in the background. They're not going in the pit. They're like, oh, my, oh, what do you think he's thinking right now? His memory. He's reliving his past. What's he going to do when we get back to Mitzrayim? The brothers didn't realize what Yosef was doing. He was sticking his head into the pit in order to make the bracha 
in order to give a chorus a tov. Baruch she'osali neisvam There were snakes and scorpions in here, and a kaddish baruch who saved me. So he stuck his head in, but they didn't realize what he was doing. The kibbutz sherokein amru achshav shemeisavinu luyis temenu yosefa hashev yashivonu at kolarosh agamalano oto. And that's why they make up the story. Ask the Meshachachma, why didn't Yosef make the bracha earlier? In Mitzrayim it was the nace. He became the viceroy, the slave boy that went from nothing to the second in, second in command. Why didn't he make the bracha in Mitzrayim? What's the answer? The answer is because that was, that was, a, that was a nace, betocha teva. You can only make a bracha on a nace nigler. On a nace that goes shalukinegadateva. That's why Yosef Dafka. Of course, he realizes that the whole story, how he rose to power, was miraculous. But he Dafka stuck his head into the pit on the way back to make the bracha of Baruch Shasalines Babakomaze. So if you think about it, it says the Meshachachma, both in the Hanukkah story and in the Yosef story. There are two miracles in each. One garbed in teva. And one openly miraculous. And there's only a bracha by the openly miraculous one. That's why Yosef stuck his head in the pit. And that's why we make the bracha by Havakas Neiris Chanik. Let's read that inside with one more punchline that only the Meshachachma could put together. Vehine be Yosef. Back to line 13. Amar Rebbe Tanchum of Medrash. The Tanchuma says, Shibishash Shav Yosef Mikfuras Aviv, Shahitz Babor, Ulashem Shamayim is Kavain. He looked into the pit and he had Kavan Ulashem Shamayim. He wasn't looking in there to conjure up feelings of hatred for his brothers. No. He was Lashem Shamayim. Lavarak Varak Shaslinais Bamakomazev. The Ikaranais Humashahilume Habor. The Ikaranais, if you think about the bigger picture is that he got taken out of the pit and he got sold down to Egypt. That was a major miracle. Now, says the Meshachachma, Medrash Tanchuma was written by Rabbi Tanchum. Again, a lot of it might have been embellished afterwards, but it starts off with memories of Rabbi Tanchum. A lot of Medrash Tanchum is from Rabbi Tanchum. Who's talking in the Sechah Shabbos about Nachashim Akrabim Yeshbo? Rashi doesn't quote the first line. Amar of Tanchum. Rav Tanchum Lishitaso. Put it together. Rav Tanchum says in the Medrash Tanchuma, he stuck his head in the pit because that was the Nase Nigla. That's the Rav Tanchum in the Sechah Shabbos that says that there were Nachashim Akrabim in the pit. Exactly why he says it. You put these two together. In both stories, two miracles, one clothed in Teva and one openly miraculous, that's the Meshachachma. Chanukah and Parshas Vayeshev. Okay, moving right along. Let's talk about a mahalach that is suggested by one of the great contemporary rabbis 
about the whole story that we're about to read. There are many major problems that we have reading Parshas Vayeshev. Right? None less than, how could we have the Shifte Cup, the basis of Am Yisrael, they have hatred, they sell their brother, they think about killing their brother. How do we, how do we, how do we deal with that, uh, those kind of questions? The beginning of the Parsha, Yosef's maybe the Basam Ralaviem, not just the brother, but about Yosef. Yosef's busy telling Lashon Hara to the brothers. How could they be so cruel? How could he be so cruel? Why did he repeat the dreams to them? He knew that it would make them upset. Yosef wasn't a, wasn't a, wasn't, he realized it. So how are we supposed to deal with this? Let's look for a moment at Arashi. What was the deep ra'ah that Yosef was bringing? So Rashi quotes in the beginning of the parish in Pasuk Beis, as the basam ra'ah, kol Everything that the brothers did wrong, Yosef went and told on them. They were eating Eber Menachai. They were calling the Bnei Shvachas Abadim. So be Manashach. What was were, they, were the brothers really doing this? How were they doing this? And if they weren't doing it, what was Yosef saying? So how are we supposed to understand all these elements of the story? And we have problems with Yosef. We have problems with the brothers. Another problem. Why did Yaakov so openly favor Yosef? Right, Yaakov knows about parenting. Does it, it's not so long ago that he should think about his own father, what his own father did. Right? Almost giving the brachas away to his older brother, who was not deserving. What favoritism could, could do in a, in, a, in a family. So he himself experienced it. So how are we supposed to understand his actions? Yaakov and Yosef and the brothers. So how can we put us all together? So a beautiful idea mentioned by Rabbi Zevlef in his uh, Sefer, Outlooks and Insights. I gave you uh, most of the piece on the next couple of pages. Where he says, he bases it on various Mamari Chazal and Mepharshim. So let's read some of the words of Rabbi Lef. Says Rabbi Lef, after asking a couple of these questions. Line 7. Each of the twelve sons of Yaakov possessed specific traits and talents that would be required by their descendants, the twelve tribes, in order for each tribe to fulfill its unique role in the building of the Jewish people. Every Shevet had unique qualities. Right? That's reflected by every Shevet has a different flag and a different symbol and a different uh, special stone on the Choshen. Every Shevet has their own quality that paved the way, that was laying the foundation for Klal Yisrael. Each Shave at the Klayas row, having their own co-op. There are 12 windows in Shamayim for the tefillahs of every Shavit to go through. There's a minna quote in Shulchan Arach to have 12 windows on the front of the shul as a symbolic 12 windows that the tefillahs of the Shvatim go through. Each son, continuing now, expressed a different facet of their father Yaakov's personality. Yaakov himself embodied the entire Jewish people, Yisrael, in microcosm. Yaakov had all the Midos. He was the Bechir Avos. The Kabbalah, he was the he was this uh, the uh, sphere that encompassed all the others. So, what was the machlokas between Yosef and his brothers? Yosef, unlike his brothers, was a complete replica of his father. Since I left, Yosef was carrying on the tradition of Yaakov. He didn't have any specific trait; he had all the traits. Only Yosef is one of those spizen. 
Right? Avram, Yisrael, Yaakov, Moshe, Aaron, Yosef. He's the only Sheva that gets his, gets the only, his own Ushpizen. Right? Why? Because he was also a microcosm. He had all of the traits. He was the symbol of all of Klal Yisrael. Just like Yaakov was. Yosef was Yaakov's firstborn in thought. Achulu, as the Gemara said, the, the, the Medra says that Yosef looked like Yaakov. As Yaakov's likeness. What does that mean? Not just in physical, but his mahus, his essence was like Yaakov. Yosef also possessed all the various traits that would define the entire Jewish people. And now Rabbi Left gets into his main point, line 20. Yosef's role, as Yaakov's role was, to provide the other tribes with the means to develop their individual roles. Yosef throughout history, and he's going to quote right now, Yosef always prepares the groundwork for Klal Yisrael. He always prepares because he embodies all of Klal Yisrael. Klal Yisrael after him are each their own individual. Every shaven is their own individual person, their own individual group of people. And that is what Klal is all about. But before that, Yosef comes. Yosef goes to Egypt before his brothers and lays the foundations for his brothers' eventual sojourn there. He has to go down first. Who leads Klal Yisrael into Eretz Yisrael? Yeshua Benun, Yosef's descendant. What are we davening for every day? Mashiach, the Navi describes Mashiach ben Yosef, will pave the way and prepare the way for Mashiach ben David. So three times, in Mitzrayim, into Eretz Yisrael, and Bimeha Mashiach, Yosef is always first. Because Yosef is carrying the torch of all Klal Yisrael. He's the symbol of them all. Line 26, with the birth of Yaakov's 12 sons, the transition between the period of the Avos and the Shvatim was completed. The question arose, however, did the 12 brothers constitute the beginning of Klal Yisrael? Or were they only the forerunners of a nation yet to be? The question was, and there's a big discussion in Lundus related to this, but we're going to stick to the Hashkafic realm. When the Shvatim were born, were they already the various separate units that could do their own, follow their own path? Or were they still in the beginning of the process stage and they were still being formulated? And they still needed somebody to help prepare them, meaning Yosef. Yosef felt that they weren't there yet. They weren't finished the process yet. And he needed to nurture. And he needed to help move along. And he needed to cause to help grow. That's what he felt his responsibility was. And the Shvatim obviously felt otherwise. We're the Shvatim. We're all the Shvatim. You know different than us. Yaakov already did it. They didn't recognize Yosef's uniqueness in this realm. Next page, on top. The brothers maintains that they already represented a nation in embryo and therefore possessed the status of Jews. Yosef, however, maintained they were not yet a nation, but only the forerunners of a nation. To the brothers, the time had already come to start fulfilling their individual roles. We're all different. We're all unique. Nobody's bowing down to anybody. We're all equal. And Yosef says, no. Yosef felt that they didn't understand because it was still his job to move them along and to help shape them. Viter, continuing on line 12, consonant with his view of his role, Yosef kept careful watch of his brothers. Why did he take focus on them? Why did he tell them these dreams? Because he interpreted them as nevuas. These are to help us build the nation. And he says, even al-derat drush vuhu na'ar, 
Even though a pasha, that means he was a youth, he was immature. Na'ar is lina'er, to wake up, to arouse, to develop. That's what Yosef was trying to do. And he even says beautifully on line 20, the three Averis that are being discussed by Yosef, the Dibasam Ra'a, it was Ra in their eyes. But the three Averis all focus on what they did they have the status of B'nai Yisrael or not. That they were eating Eber Menachai, which there are different halachas of Eber Menachai between a Jew and a non-Jew. We're not going to go through the details. Or the status of Avadim might be different if they're already Jewish. Obviously the Avadim are different. The Yosef is saying we're not fully Jews yet. V'chulu, v'chulu. And then even on the end, again, he puts a lot of different problems together here. Line 57 at the bottom. The Torah then informs us that Yaakov and Israel as Yisrael. Ahav es Yosef mikolbanav. Why did he love Yosef? Why did he give him the coats? Why did he teach special Torah to him? Because Yosef, according to what he knew and what Yosef knew, encompassed, he needed special Torah given to him. Special messages given to him that the other words didn't need. It wasn't favoritism. It was Chanoch Lenaro Pidarko according to his kochos, according to what he needed. And he says, Ahav es Yosef mikolbanav. It's not that he loved his son more than the others. Look what he says on the bottom. Mikolbanov, literally, from all his sons, his love for Yosef emanated from the love of all his sons. For he viewed Yosef as the one who encompassed Abed Yosef, Miko, from all, because all that love he has to give to Yosef in order that he then help promulgate and help develop all of the Shvatim into, into Klal Yisrael. And therefore we understand the Shvatim, what the Shvatim are doing. The Shvatim believe there's already a Klal Yisrael. The Shvatim believe they're each equal in their own individual talents. And now there is, in their view, one pernicious, dangerous Shevet brother that's trying to sabotage the entire group. Says Rabbi Leff on the next page, source number six. The brothers viewed Yosef as a threat to the nation which in their view had already come into being. They perceived him as attempting to curry favor in Yaakov's eyes at their expense. They viewed their father's love for Yosef as coming at their expense and thus estranged themselves from him. He was a threat to the ultimate harmonious perfection that had to be reached through, through the unity of each tribe, contributing its own portion and binding together. Yosef wasn't interested in Achdus. Yosef, we're bowing down to you. You're telling on us. So the brothers said he's hurting the entire nation. And they were so convinced, he even says, that they never really did shuva for it. Even at the end, what were they sorry for? That they didn't have enough Rachmanis on him. But they didn't think that they had faulty logic. Because this is what they believed. Towards the end, Yosef was not simply an innocent mistake. Coloring their judgment was a slight trace of jealousy. Yes, they weren't totally objective. And that's why they're faulted for it. And that's why throughout history, Mechiris Yosef is viewed as a chait. And we're still paying for it now. But, says Rabbi Left, with this understanding, we realize what the Machlokas was about. What does Mikol Banav mean? What does, uh, what, why does Yaakov show the favoritism to Yosef? All of these are more understandable. Okay. So we have the Meshach Chachma. And where Rabbi Left? Moving right along. Perak Lamed Ches Pasuk Aleph. We're going to focus on two different midrashim on this pasuk. Lamed Ches Aleph. So Yosef is sold. Who sold Yosef? 
Listen, the past year, Shiurim, the Rashbam, and others, different Pshatim exactly who sold Yosef. Says the Pasuk, Perak Lamed Ches, Vayehi Ba'es Hahi. It was at that moment, what was said right before this, Yosef was sold to Mitzrayim. It was at that moment, Vayered Yehuda Me'es Achav. Yehuda goes down from his brothers. And even though you might just say he goes physically down that he's going to find a wife, but, as we know, it means that he went down in stature as compared to the brothers. Says Rashi, What is this doing here? Yosef just got down to Mitzrayim, and the story of Yosef continues later on in Perak Lamet Tes. Perak Lamet Tes, Yosef, we were on Mitzrayim. What's Perak Lamet Ches doing Dafka here? Well, I made to teach us, says Rashi, They see what Yaakov's state is, they blame Yehuda. Yehuda, you're our leader. Amru, Ata Amarta Lamachro, Ilu Amarta Lahashivo, Hayinu Shomun Lacha. Yehuda, we would have listened to you. You are leader. That's what Rashi says. Says of Yerucham, two ideas that we can learn from this medrash. Two ideas. Number one. First, he quotes a different medrash related to related to this one, and then we'll get to this one specifically. Line three. And Rabbi Yerucham. Ob medrash kan amru. The medrash also continues and says, Yehuda was mistaken here. What was his mistake? Amru. Whoever starts a mitzvah and does not finish it buries their family. Rahman al-Witzlan. Mimi atala made me Yehuda. What happened here? Yehuda started something, and what happened in the story? We know. Kavar Asishtobez Banav. Answer of Yerucham. Vuhulacharinian Peli. We learn this from Yehuda. He started, what did he start? He started saving Yosef. Let's not kill him. Let's sell him. So he started the mitzvah. He didn't save him. He started the mitzvah. He didn't finish the mitzvah. Says the Medrash, Hamaschal the mitzvah, you better finish it. Or else, terrible things are going to happen. Ezra Yerucham, why is that fair? Yehuda's worse than the other brothers? They didn't even start the mitzvah. What, it's worse if I start a mitzvah and don't finish it than not to start it at all? The Medrash is picking on Yehuda as if he's worse than the other Shvatim. The brothers wanted to kill him. And they're not taken to task for that? Yehuda did something. And yet the Medrash is, is pinning it on him. It sounds like from the Medrash that, yeah, we blame people for starting a mitzvah and not finishing it, even more than not starting a mitzvah. Says of Yerucham, and we have to understand how to understand his answer. Rav Yerucham says in Achinami, it's true. If we start a mitzvah, we have a responsibility to that mitzvah and to ourselves. And in a certain sense, it's better not even to start it. In a certain chas v'shalom, we shouldn't say that. Oh, I'm not going to finish. I'm not going to start it. Chas v'shalom. But Rav Yerucham says, in a certain sense, v'efshar shehu mitzad achrayusov v'chiyuvol mitzvatzma. There's an achrayus. You can look at it as it's a bizayon if we don't finish it. 
I'm connected to this mitzvah, to this action, on a metaphysical level, on a spiritual level. It's my mitzvah. And I'm going to throw it away. I'm not going to finish it. The mitzvah has a tain on me. What to do? He didn't finish me. This is an awesome idea. And he gives an unbelievable mashal. He says... If you build a table and you put three legs on it, it's probably worse than not building the table at all. Because you try to use the table, it's just going to break. Hamaschel b'mitzvah, ve'eno gomer, is worse than not putting, not doing the mitzvah. Don't put, any, don't put any legs on it then. Put all or nothing. That's what he says in the continuation. Look what he says. Let's skip for a minute. Ukemo line 20. Hamaschel asos klivi nicho be'emsa. Okay, don't build the table. You build it, you finish it. You have a responsibility to the mitzvah. And that's Yehuda, that's the first message. The brother said, you started it, why didn't you finish it? We at least didn't even start it. But you started it. Hamas the mitzvah. And Rahman al why is it Mida Kanegan Mida? You don't finish the job of building a family. That's the Mida Kanegan. You started something. Okay, you can start something. Mida Kanegan Mida. That's what the punishment, Rahman al Rahman al is. That's what he says in the uh, continuation. Therefore, whenever we start things, we have to make sure to continue them and finish them. There was a certain Rosh Yeshiva that used to be very upset. That in many yeshivas, right, when we learn, you know, we do the first three blot of the Masechta for the whole year. And the rest of the Masechta is crying. Like, what are you doing to me? Right, there's more Torah written on the first ten blot of all the yeshivish Masechtas than, than any of the rest of it. But sometimes there are problem later on. But if we're learning the beginning of we have to learn the whole Masechta. As much as we can. Learn at least Bikiyas on, on, on a certain level. But everything, we have to can't start something and not uh, not continue. Okay, obviously, even finishing a daf is a, is a complete mitzvah. That just uh, one Rosh Hashiva. I heard that uh, that idea. That's the first idea from Rabbi Rucham, Hamaschlub a mitzvah, Rabbi Yehuda. <coughs> but then there's the second idea, the second message from the Medrash, says Rabbi Rucham, and that is the brother's claim. If you would have said something, we would have listened. Yehuda is held accountable because the brothers had a claim against him. It says of Yerucham, there's a story about the Chafetz Chaim, line 29. The Chafetz Chaim used to tell over a story. Okay, certain guy. He worked in schnapps. That was his business. There was tremendous taxes on that Business, biyichud al mischarzeh, biyichud specifically on this on this merchandise. Hayarava b'chol shanav la haalim asakav v'ligno datsam emshala. He was a crook. He hid all the receipts. He hid all. He didn't want to pay taxes, so he did everything under the table. Umizenis asher maodi became very rich. Ad until that day came. Hamachas nizvadu mizev atavsuhu. He was finally caught. Vaholichu b'shal shalom oshal barzel l'makom hamasar, and he's been taken. He's been. He was being taken away to jail. V'hinei de b'darkol avesa asurim as he was being locked up. Avru ir rakava. 
past a certain city. And he asked the, the uh, police that were with him, can you just take me to the rabbi's house for a minute? Rabbi's house? Okay. They took him to the rabbi, rabbi's house. The they arrived. He started screaming at the rabbi. Why did you let me do this crooked behavior? Why did you ever say I was doing something wrong? Why did you let me? Why did you give me rebuke? Why did you tell me that all Ganavim get it in the end? And there's blessed, there's a din and there's a dayan. The Chavetz Chaim used to repeat this story and say, we always have to make sure that if there's anyone around us that there's even a possibility of our being mashpia on. Even if they're not going to listen to us at the moment. Obviously, there's a chazal that says, Kishem she mitzvah lo mardavar anishma, kach mitzvah lo lo mardavar sheino nishma. You have to know when something is not going to be listened to at all. But if there's a possibility, there's a little bit of chuz, in a nice way, there's a mitzvah of ochiach tochiach secha. And we have to realize what position that we are in. Who knows what's going to be in the future when there is Shom on their way to Gehenim to the Chavetz Chaim. And they're going to see, why didn't that guy say something to me? Why didn't he? Why didn't she say something? And the Chavetz Chaim says, this is a Misa, no Ramaod. And that, says of Yeruchim, is the message of the brothers as well. Yehuda, if you would have said something, we would have listened. Yehuda, you're our leader. Ends off Rav So two ideas based on the med- midrashim on this pasuk. Number one is Hamaschil b'mitzvah. We have to finish it. And number two, the Chavetz Chaim's mashal that we always have to make sure that we are mashpia and mochiach in a proper mitzvah way. All those that are in our charge and that it is possible to affect. There's another medrash on this pasuk. Another medrash. And that is quoted in source number 8, in the Yagdal Torah. The medrash rabba, many svarim talk about this medrash. Rabbi Shmuel bar Nachman Pasach. Rabbi Shmuel bar Nachman said as follows, based on the pasuk in Yermiyahu, ki anochi yadati asamachshavos. Shvatim hayu asukin bimechirasa shal Yosef. The Shvatim were just involved in selling Yosef. They just sold him. Yosef Yosef was sitting all alone by himself in a big country. He didn't know anybody. He was miserable. The Shvatim were in the middle of selling Yosef. Yaakov was miserable. Yosef was miserable. And what was Yehuda doing? He was in the Parsha of Shiduchin. Yehuda Aloisha. And what was HaKadosh Baruch Hu doing? Haya Osek Boro Oro Shalmelech HaMashiach. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu was in the middle of sowing, sowing the seeds of Mashiach as we have at the end of this Perek, the birth of Peretz and the birth of Zarach. What exactly is the message of this Medrash? Because if you think about it, Yasser of Bunim, in the Kol Simcha, source number, same source, who, where is Mashiach coming from? From Yehuda. So it's like a schar for Yehuda. Was Yehuda doing a good thing here? Yaakov was miserable, and Yosef was miserable, and the brothers were chote. And what was Yehuda doing? He was being happy-go-lucky, let me go find a wife. What was Yehuda doing? And I was like, okay, wonderful. I'll give you Peretz. I'll give you Zarach. 
So, right, so what was what, what was the godless? Was Yehuda doing something positive here? Doesn't sound that way. Sounds like Yehuda was doing something negative. Everybody else was doing what they were supposed to be doing, and Yehuda wasn't. Says Rabbi Dunim, it must be that he was doing something positive. On the bottom. He quotes the Medrash in Yenifla. He quotes all of the brothers were doing. And next page on top, <coughs> Yehuda was Osek, Likach Isha. So what was the Pshat? So he says something that is not fully understandable, and it's explained by the Kotzker. Line 12. Kasher Amr Lufnei Rebbe Mikotz Amar. Chas V'Shalom, he quotes, he didn't like the previous Pshat that was given. Feel free to read it, we're not going to read it together. But he says, you know what's going on here? What was Yehuda doing? Yehuda was also in shambles. Yehuda was also broken. He wasn't there. They go back to the pit. He wasn't there. Yehuda already started, right? At Maschel B'Mitzvah. Maybe he wanted to finish the job. But he wasn't there anymore. He was broken. So what does he do now? They had no idea where Yosef was. They didn't know if they would be able to find him. So what were they supposed to do? Just sit and wallow and become depressed and do nothing? What are you supposed to do? Says the Kotzker. Yehuda says, I'm finished. I am finished. I am the leader. I was on the list. I'm finished. So he says, what do I have to do? I have to start doing tshuva. I don't know what else to do. So what do he do? Well, I'll start with mitzvah number one. That's what he's doing here. That's a leader. Somebody who makes such a terrible error. Somebody who makes such a mistake and he feels all is lost. And he doesn't just sit home and mourn. But he says, okay, what do I do now? What do I do now? I'm going to start again. How do I start again? Let me find a wife. Let me do the mitzvah puruvu. Zosi tshuva gemura. Af she'esanase in lahashiv. You can't change what happened already. The ibed kol masherachash. I'll call them a hayom. I'm going to start from today. Yaschel avodas Hashem. The yakizewik or tshuva. And because Yehuda did that, Yehuda had that mentality. That's a Jewish leader. Somebody who could, oh, with all the defeats. And all the heartbreaks could then stand up and say, Viter, to say, let's continue. That's a Yehuda. That's a David HaMelech. That's Orushel Mashiach. And that's why Dafka, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, gives Yehuda exactly, exactly what we, exactly commensurate with his actions. Number one. A second idea, though, on this Medrash. Two ideas on the previous one, two ideas on this one. A second idea on this medrash. For a moment, let's go for a minute to the psukim at the end of the parak. As I described, we have the birth of Peretz and Zarach. Vahi based Tamar was about to have babies, twins. They were Taomim. Vahi Balidata Vahitin Yod Vatikahamiya Ledes. One baby comes out. Mazel tov. Ties a ring. Got to know which baby is which. You're going to get mixed up. Ties a ring. Boom. Hand goes back in. His brother comes out. Whoa. Right? They called him by the... This is where the Indians got it from. 
Right? They call it by the event that occurs when the when the baby is uh it's coming out to right here. What are you being parried for? We'll call you parrots. And then Zarah from the Zricha of the of the ribbon. So it's fascinating, says Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky. Why is there so much confusion with his birth? He's coming out. No, he's coming out. No, Zarah's coming out. And he's out. No, he's out already. No, he goes back in. The other one comes out. Because that's the Geula. It looks like it's going this way. It looks like there's a process here. It looks like the birth is happening. It looks like one's coming out. Boom, goes back in. The other one shoots out. That's the Geula. It looks like everything's lost. Yosef Atzadik is sold. The Shiftei Ka are finished. They had Sinas Chinam. They sold their brother. He's never coming back. Sowing the seeds of Mashiach right at that moment. Says Rabbi Yaakov, Habilbul v'hachoser behirus shemishakefes lano atar b'nyin seideleos ha'jol peres v'zarach. Why is it so confusing? Because this is Mashiach. This is Peretz. Right, Echish Talshlu could even relate it. He does he even relate it as we know. They say David Amalach was supposed to die in childbirth, and yet until he got seventy years he got the years from but but from the earlier in history, from Adam Arishon. Right? So you think that it's everything. Mashiach's like it looks like nothing. And then it comes and it comes and it's re- and it's born from where you least expect it. We see a great thing. We think it's unbelievable for the Jews. We think it's Mashiach coming. And then the hand goes back inside. And it's not so beautiful. And, it's, and the zricha disappears. The shining disappears. And then, The zricha disappears. But you know what? Peretz comes out and the Mashiach comes. That's what's going to happen. Like the Chazal say, Mashiach is only going to come when we don't realize it. We don't focus on it. We don't think it, it's gonna, it could be. That's Peretz Vizarach. That's Yehuda. That's here. Everybody, it's the low point. And yet, it's really the high point and it comes out. Okay. Two more ideas for the evening. One more again, specifically related to the Parsha, and then we get one more related to both the Parsha and Hanukkah. This an idea that we've said in other contexts as well, but Moshe Feinstein says it on a Pasuk in this Parsha. We didn't get to talk yet about the next story, Yosef and Aisha's Potiphar. Yosef and Aisha's Potiphar. Just Derek Agav, it's interesting that in many, in all the stories in this, in this uh, Parsha, clothing plays a role. Just making that horror. Clothing plays a role. In the first section with Yosef and his brothers, we have the Ksonis Possum. Ksonis Possum and, the, and the, uh, the dipping of the Ksonis Possum, that's story one. Story two, we have Yehuda and Tamar. Yehuda gives his Beged and and the uh, Eravon, and she says, whoever this Beged is, clothing playing a role there. Now we get to Yosef, who are in Mitzrayimah. Yosef's Beged is left in the hands of Asia's Potiphar. But God didn't, throughout the, throughout the Parsha. Okay, just uh, end brackets. Food for thought. Let's continue. So we know that Asia's Potiphar is trying to uh, seduce Yosef, and... With a shalshales, 
he refuses, and the day came, and there was nobody there, and Vatispesehu, Pasuk Yud Beis, Vatispefeu Bevigdole Mor Shechvoi Mi, Vayazov Bigdobi Ada, he runs out, leaving his baggage in her hands, Vayanas Vayetze Hachutza, he runs out, and he goes outside. Asks Rav Moshe, why the double Asha? Vayazov Bigdobi Ada, Vayanas, why is the Vayanas there? Vayanas Vayetze Hachutza, just say Vayetze Hachutza, or just say Vayanas Hachutza. What's Vayanas Vayetze Hachutza? Double phrase. And then she's, and then the next passage even says, Vayihi kirosa ki azabigdobi adava yanas achutza. There it says vayanas achutza. So why, here does it emphasize what Yosef did, vayanas and vayetse achutza. Says Ramosha Feinstein. Source 11. Venire. Ki pirish vayanas achutza hu. Aplum makom she'i efshar lanus. She'eno kolkach makom batuach. Vayanas running outside would be out of the specific danger, but still be in the environment of danger. Still be in the makom hanisayon. The heira kra, you know what the Pasuk is telling us and emphasizing? Sheyosef, even if he just jumps away from her, Yosef is confident that he would be able to withstand the pressure. He still ran away. Because the job of an Oved Hashem is not to put ourselves or to keep ourselves in a situation of Nisayon and overcome. The greater, the wiser Jew is the one who sees the Nisayon and stays away. The one who is Roas Hanolad. I don't want to put myself into the situation of Nisayon. I don't want to even be in a situation where I might have to look at those things or hear those things or be around those things. Velokeelu, Shachoshvim, not like those who think. Yoser mitzvah hu kishomi b'nisayon. It's a greater mitzvah that if you have the test and you overcome. The enokain. El arakishin is diamond. Don't say v'amam azeh. We don't look for nisayonos. We don't look for nisayonos. The Gemara even tells a story about David and Melech asking for nisayon. But we don't look for nisayonos. Moshe Rabbeinu, uh, Ramosha says, that was a slit, Moshe Rabbeinu Ramosha, but, uh, Moshe and Moshe and Moshe will come to Moshe. We daven every morning, that's what we want, and that's what Yosef did. He not only ran out, but he took himself out of the situation of Nisayon, so he wouldn't even have to overcome the Zehu Madrega Yosef Gadola. And that's the even greater Madrega. We spoke about this last year, Parshas Bracious, according to many of the Mepharshim. This was how the Nachash convinced Chava and Adam. The Nachash said, What? You think you're so great. You don't have a Yezahara. You think you're, you're doing God's ultimate plan. You don't have a Taiva. No. Get a Taiva and then overcome. Oh, then you'll be a great Ovid Hashem. That would be amazing. Get the Taiva, get the Yezer, and then overcome. And they, they fell for it, according to those Mepharshim. And the, the, the major, the tragic error was that, no, the greater situation and the wiser man is the one who stays away from the Yisayon totally. Okay. Final thought of the evening. 
So Yosef is in Mitzrayim. And Yosef has children. Perek Mem Aleph. I'm sorry, this is, um, this is actually our next week's parsha, but uh, it has to do with Hanukkah, because I wanted to get one in now. But it has to do with Yosef and Mitzrayim. Perek Mem Aleph Pasik Nun Beis. It's about Yosef's children. Yosef is in Mitzrayim. The end of our parsha ends off that he's in jail. Beginning of the next parsha, he gets out of jail. I'm going to focus for a minute on the two sons of Yosef, because this is a thought that has to do with Hanukkah, has to do with next week's parsha, has to do with Vayechi also. A few weeks you could use this, uh, this thought. Yosef names his children Ephraim and Menashe. Why? Menashe, the Bechor, he calls, Kinashani Elohim as Kol Amaliv at Kol Hashem caused me to forget all of my difficulties in the past. Ephraim, ki Hefrani Elohim Be'erasani. He has helped me now in this new land. Hefrani, he has helped me multiply. Be'eretz, Be'eretz Anyi. Explains the Shem Atov. First, the amazing Ha'ara. Kfar B'yana B'kama Makomos, last page, source 12. The Yosef Pa'atzmo Nomar B'lidadaso Shtei Ta'amim. There's only one Shevet in the Torah that has two reasons given for his name. And that's Yosef. Ruvain only has one reason. Levi, Pam Yilavayishi. Yehuda, Apam Odeas Hashem. Ki Yishruni Banos. Right, Don, Naftole, Naftule. Everybody has one, one. Yosef has two reasons. Why? What are the two reasons? Shonem mikol shara yud beishvatim. Dein kumakasuv elatam echad. Tibi Yosef nomar asaf elokim es charpasi. Rachel Imenu says, Hashem has gathered in my cherpa. And also, Yosef Hashem li ben afer. He should give me another, another son. I don't, I don't want to be less than the shvachas. Rachel already davened at Yosef's birth to have binyamin. Vahainu, dehayelo be'etzab shnei kochos. Yosef had two kochos in him. The koach of the avar and the koach of the asid. The koach of Asaf Hashem is Pasi, the koach of the past, building on the past. Yosef Hashem Li God should add on another son, but that symbolizes Avar and Hove. Says the Shemanatov, that's what Yosef is passing on to his children. He had two sons. One he named with a focus on the past, one he named with a focus on the future. Menashe, Kinashani Elokimas Kalamali. The past, Ephraim, Hifrani Hashem Berazani. He caused and continues to help me be successful in this land. Vahainu de'elo beis kochos kolel hain hasur meira menashe va'aseitob Ephraim. The past, forgetting the difficulties of the past and being able to move beyond them and then building a positive future. The past and the future. That's Yosef's two names, that's Parshas Vayetze. That's the two names of Menashe and Ephraim. That's Parshas Miketz. It's also Parshas Vayechi. That's the Machlokas between Yosef and Yaakov about how to position the brothers during the bracha. Yosef says to his father, no, 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 you, you, you're, you're mixing up. Why are you switching your hands? Yaakov says, I know what I'm doing. Why? Why was it Ephraim before Menashe? 
Yaakov felt, you got to focus on the future. Of course there's the Surmei Ra, but you got to focus on the future. Yosef says, no. First you have to do the Surmei Ra, first you have to focus on the Avar. you got to build on it. you got to work it out and then go forward. That was the Machlokas between them. And that's even, this is why I'm doing this now. Maybe that's even Alder Drush, he adds. The Machlokas between Beishamah and Beishillel. One to eight, or eight to one. As we know, one of the Rashi Tevis of Chanukah, Chanukah, Chanukah is ambayas, but also Ches Neiris Halacha Kebeis Hillel. Chanukah. Ches Neiris Halacha Kebeis Hillel. So, Zeo Be'emes, says the Shem Anatov, Machlokah Beisham Beis Hillel. Imosif Vaholech, Opochos Vaholech, Beneiris Chanukah. The Machlokah is, we understand, Dine Shnei Pulos Yish Be'esh. Fire could burn, destroy, but fire could also light up. And fire could give warmth. The age is for the burning of the past, for building on the mistakes, but getting rid of it. That's Beishamai. And that's why you destroy the past. 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, until there's nothing left. But we pass on like Beishillel. Got to focus on the future. Malin Bakodesh. Ephraim gets the bracha in Yaakov's eyes. If you're Malin Bakodesh, along the way, that'll help you build on the past. But that is, that's the two sons, that's the past and the future, that's the Chanukiah, that Be'ez Hashem, before the next year, we'll be lighting the first one, the first two, and uh, we should be Zochet to build on our past, see the future, and be able to make the bracha, Barach Sha'asalanu Nisim, Bamakom Hazet.